listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church, also found on YouTube under New Living Way Church Downey. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. So we're going to start off in verse 17 through 26, and we're going to read through the scripture, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll start to break it down together. Amen. So verse 17 to 26 of Acts chapter 5, we'll start off in verse 17, says, But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the Senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came, someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. For they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Amen. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm going to jump a little ahead right here, but that part right there just reminded me when I read that of like a little kid, like, look, look what they're doing. Look, look. You know, it's like, it's, you know, you're trying to put somebody, you know, get somebody in trouble or something like that. Look what they're doing. Look, look. You know, it's just, I'm sorry. That's what popped in my head when I read that part. I felt like a little kid when I was reading that part. So we're looking here, and as we've been going through the through the through the book of Acts, um, remember that you know Acts chapter five starts off with Ananias and Sapphira, and you know we we see the the healing of the layman, we see all these different things, and not only that, from last week's teaching, we're talking about high esteem, how the apostles were being, you know, they were basically. Um, the Lord was showing who he was, is and the call and the gifting and confirming that gifting within their lives and how they were not just known as disciples now. Now they were known as apostles. And God was basically making it known that these are the men that I've chosen. These apostles are the ones that I've chosen. I've called. And in that, how the people were learning such a high esteem for these apostles, not because the apostles were looking for it, but because this was just being acknowledged and recognized by the work they were doing and the word they were bringing forth. But it was all to bring glory to God and to bring the message of the gospel. So right here now, after all these things, I mean, they're, they're seeing these miracles and all these different things being done by the hands of the apostles and to the point where even they're laying them in the, in the streets and to Peter's shadow. And because of that, this is what's going on now. This is now they're coming and they're basically this is the response and the reaction of this, because remember this, <clears throat> this, they, they became popular, basically, you know, they were well known. I mean, many people were coming to them just like Jesus, you know, many people were coming to Jesus. And when that starts to happen, you're going to get a response. There's going to be a response, whether good or whether bad. You know, you may have a lot of people that like, what's going on in all this, you know, that are like, wow, that's amazing. Others are like, well, what do you mean? What is this all about? Well, who is this person? You know, it's like, you know, there's always some type of response. So what we're seeing here is now the reaction and the response to the popularity 
of the apostles. And I don't like to use that word, but I'm using that today so we can grasp on to what we're looking at here. It's like, you know, you see someone going down the street, you know, like a Kanye West or like a, I don't know, a Kim Kardashian or, you know, they're together, so it's easier to remember that. But, you know, you see all these people hounding them and following them and all these different things or whoever it may be, but it's a popularity. But I'm not saying that the apostles were looking to be popular, but they were becoming well-known. I mean, the works and the things that they were that the Lord was doing through their lives and not only that, the message that they were bringing forth, you know, so this had a response from the people. The people were responding by bringing the people to them. But not only that, it was also there was a response of opposition. You know, just like we're looking in the book of Ezra right now in prayer, you know, there's a response and there's an opposition because of the rebuilding of the temple and rebuilding of the wall. So there's always a response to what God is doing through the people of God. You know, and there'll be a good response, but there'll also be an opposition, another response that will come in as well. So what we're witnessing here is a different type of response. We talked about all the response in here, you know, the good response, but now we're going to go to the other side of the response. And always know there has to be both. There will always be some type of response in this. So this is now the response in verse 17. And I want us to look at something here. Let's let's look at a scripture here, though. John chapter 12, verse 17 through 19. And Lethe's going to read this because this is not something new. We just talked about that. Jesus had the same response, you know, and there was, but there was a reason why there was this response. So Lethe will read John chapter 12, verse 17 to 19. So the people were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead. Continue to tell others about him. For this reason, the crowd went to meet. They went to meet him because they heard that he had performed this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees argued and said to one another, you see that your efforts are futile. Look, the whole world has gone running after him. Amen. So you get to see the heart of the people. It wasn't so much that what he was doing or what he was saying and all of that, what their what the issue was, was the response was this was being done publicly. And their concern in that we see the heart is, look, the whole world is going after him. Everybody's following him. Everybody likes him. You know, it's like, you know, it's that it's that it's that jealousy. It's a response of jealousy. It's a response of like, well, what do you mean? You know, if he does this and it's secret or whatever and nobody, but this was done out in the open publicly and he's getting a response. And not only that, he's taking the response of other people. And so this now rises up to a point where they're telling people about Jesus. You see the heart, the whole world is going after him. Okay, so that's what's concerning you. It's not the fact that people are being delivered, being healed, being set free, being forgiven, being encouraged and given an opportunity that there's hope and there's life. That wasn't, no, they didn't care about that. It was a simple fact that the whole world has gone after him. So right here, what we're seeing now is a response to the apostles in that same sense. And it says here in verse 17 and 18, it says, but well, let's look at verse 17, but the high priest rose up And all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. Okay? So look at the response of these Pharisees and the Sadducees and these high, the the high priests and these leaders. Their response was 
to arrest them. And not only to arrest them, but to do it publicly and to put them in a public prison. Okay, there's a reason where we're gonna we're gonna be kind of looking at something here today. But we see, just as we saw in that scripture with Jesus, the whole world has gone after him. We talked about it before. I remember somebody taught one time on on who were they going out to see when John the Baptist was baptizing. You know, it wasn't so much they were going out to see John. They were going out to see who was going to John. Who was that that was following us now is going to John? They wanted to know who's now our enemy, who has betrayed us. You know, and I love the way that that person brought that out. It was an amazing. I was like, wow, this is that's that's interesting, you know, because this is what it was about. It was about you may say, well, well, high school's done and this and that. But you could see it in your job. You could see it in here. You could see it in the church. You could see it in, in your family, these little cliques and all these different things. Well, how come so and so is talking to so and so now? What happened here? You know, I thought we were friends, you know, and it's like you feel betrayed, you know, and you, not only that, but it's really because we're really jealous. Like, man, you know, that's my that's my sister that's my friend or that's my coworker, or that's my brother or sister in the lord you know this is, it's 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 a response that comes but this is a group of leaders this is a group of people that has a response and in that response it says and filled with jealousy it doesn't even say just jealous but they were filled with jealousy and so that jealousy is a fierce and the, and the breakdown of that is the fierceness of indignation. And it's just basically an anger aroused by something unjust, unworthy or mean. So it's basically like it, it broke it down in a sense of this a punitive zeal and punitive is an inflicting, involving or serving as punishment. And zeal is a strong feeling of interest and enthusiasm that makes someone very eager or determined to do something. <clears throat> so it could also be looking, referring to the religious beliefs. And they were using this really as a part of, well, we are the teachers of the law. We are the, we are the scribes and all these different things. So they're using this jealousy as a means to be able to respond to Jesus and to now respond to the apostles. But it was really a jealousy. They were angry because it was like, well, this is not right. You know, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And so this was their reaction and the response to the apostles in this. Look at um, Matthew chapter 27, verse 18, as Letty reads this. Matthew chapter 27, verse 18. <clears throat> For Pilate knew that it was because of jealousy that the chief priests and elders had handed Jesus over to him. Is that verse 18? Yes. Okay, one more time. Read that one more time. For Pilate knew that it was because of jealousy that the chief priests and elders had handed Jesus over to him. Wow. How many of us know jealousy many times is very obvious? You know, you could see it here. Maybe not to everybody many times, or maybe it takes a little bit of time to kind of see that there. But when you look at Pilate here, in, in one translation, it says envy. <clears throat> and, you know, but it's also seen as jealousy. And Pilate recognized these men are only bringing, there's nothing wrong with Jesus. He's not, a, I don't see him as a guilty man. What did he do? You know, yeah, they accused him. He's against the king, King Caesar, and all of these things. But that was never the case. Jesus never taught them, go against Caesar, this and no. He taught them about the kingdom of God. He taught them about the salvation. He taught them about how you're a sinner in need of a savior, and that's what I'm here for. He taught them about life. He, yes, he rebuked them, and he was very real with them. But it was all in a sense to teach them the fear of God and to be able to come to know the Lord. But in this, 
Pilate recognizes this was done because of envy. It was done because of jealousy. And jealousy will cause people to do some things that are not necessarily always right. You know, we talked about a righteous jealousy on Sunday as, you know, we, you know, I shared about a husband and a wife, how a husband has the uh, certain jealousy, but it's a righteous jealousy because that woman is his wife, you know, or that manner is her husband. And that's how God has a righteous judgment. I mean, a righteous jealousy for me and you is the fact that we belong to him. You know, the fact that we talked about you cannot sell yourself short. You cannot even sell yourself to be approved because you don't belong to yourself. You can't sell what doesn't belong to you. We belong to the Lord, you know, and and it's just and he paid it all for us. So it's like we look at this and there is just such a jealousy here. And it looks as a righteous jealousy because they do have that background. They do have that right, you know, and, and, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, how if there was any miracles or anything done that they had the right to prove that this was not witchcraft. It wasn't any type of sorcery. It wasn't anything. So they had all these rights according to the law and according to their traditions and according to all these things. So in a sense, it says that, you know, it's, you know, it could be referring to the religious beliefs and because this can go against what their teachings are. But when we look at this portion of scripture, it says they were filled with jealousy. So this is something that's a part of them. This is something that's in their heart. It's something that is in them. And if you've ever been jealous of a relationship of somebody, if you've ever been jealous of, you know, um, whatever it is, I mean, it's something we all face. It's something that we all have. It's something that we have all been guilty of. And even today, we may still have at times. It's not something that we look for or desire, but it's something that it's we can all have. Now, we have a choice in the decision whether to go off the deep end, try to do whatever we can to break up that relationship or whatever it is. We always try these different things, but we must learn how to control that jealousy. You know, but when somebody's in power, as these men are, these leaders are, they're able and they have the right to do this, to be able to arrest these men. So, and this is what they do. They do this because of jealousy. And not only that, they put them into a public prison, you know, so it's like, wow, this is an amazing thing. Like, what? Like, you know, it looks right in some ways, but we know it's wrong. It's not right. What they're doing is not right but yet they can, they can claim it's right. So I look, we're looking at this today because we have to realize that God is always in control. And even though some things may not seem right, not feel right, seem unjust, but we know we have a just God. But, and many times we're gonna pray, well, Lord, keep us from this, keep us from that. But we gotta understand that we will go through sometimes of things where things seem unjust or just not right or, you know, whatever it may be. Because realize that you're a man, a woman of God, and you will, there will be different responses to me and you. Some will feel mocked, some will feel threatened, some will feel jealous, some will not like the fact that, you know, that why do you have such a peace? I mean, there'll just be so many different responses to me and you. And sometimes those responses will affect us. It can affect us in our job. It can affect us in our family. It can affect us in our friendships in different areas, you know, but what we must understand is that God is in control still. So even though the disciples are still being arrested, but they understand that yet God is still in control. 
He's still in control of this. So I love a footnote here that I read on this. It says, serving God does not take away troubles, but it makes troubles appear less frightening because it puts them in the right perspective. See, what is amazing, what amazes me about this is that the disciples most likely understood because they saw this with Jesus. This is all being done because of jealousy. And though they, whether they figured it was right or wrong, I mean, they still got arrested. And for people being healed, for people being, you know, for preaching the gospel, really? But see, they could have looked at, well, why God are you allowing this to happen to me? Why God are you doing this? Why God do I got to go through this? Why God? And don't get me wrong, we could all get there. We can, you know, I've, I've been guilty of that. You know, why God? You know, it's doing everything right. And- yeah, I'm doing everything the best I can. You know, it's like I'm serving you, God, to the best that I can. I know I'm not perfect, but Lord, you know, what is going on? You know, we come like Job, you know, and it's like, you know, but what happens is, is when we start to realize, but God is in control and it's that heart of worship. We do it because of the love of God and we're just serving God and we're not looking for any recognition. We're not looking, we're looking to bring God glory. We just want to serve. We want to serve the church. We want to serve the people of God. We want to serve in whatever capacity that we can and that God has empowered us to do and given to us and anointed us to do. And we just keep our eyes on the Lord. Doesn't mean that we won't come into some places where we will have some responses that man, me, you know, we have no control over. And might not even look like bad responses, but it's how mean you see these responses. It's how mean you react to these responses. It's how mean you trust God through these responses and to the reactions and recognizing this is because of jealousy. This is because of this. This is because of that. This is, you know, we got a real devil out there or just, you know, there's just so many different factors in this, but it's knowing who your God is knowing why you do the things you do and no matter what the outcomes may look like you're going to continue to do so because you trust the lord and you do it unto him and there's a reason and a purpose for this mm-hmm. any thoughts on that no I'm not yet not yet not okay yet. they're building up <laughs> it's building up as we're going to look at this because it's not very far why this is so important here i wrote here This wasn't about God to these leaders. It was about them and the people. See, it wasn't just about what the the leaders and all that, when they came against Jesus and they came against, it was was about the people. This was about recognition. This was about their popularity and how they were looked up to. This had a lot to do about what about me? What about me? What about me? What about us? You're taking our people. But see, it wasn't like that with the apostles. To the apostles, it was about Jesus only. It was about glorifying God. And when you do something unto the Lord, it's not that you don't care about people. No, we care about people. We, we do the things because of the love of God and because the love of God teaches us how to care and have compassion and love for the people. Like Jesus looking upon the people, it says that he looked upon them with compassion. They were like sheep without a shepherd. It was the compassion of God that me and you learn as we serve God, as we learn to serve God in the love of God because of his love for me and you. It's that learning process in it as we are discipled by him and as he uses our lives and teaches us to do these things 
in the love of God, but because we start off that, Lord, it's all about you, Jesus. I want you to be glorified. Lord, tonight, in tonight's Bible study, Lord, Lord, you be glorified in our lives tonight as we're here sitting and we're receiving the word of God as Lord God, as, as I was at work today, as you were, you know, what you're cooking or whether you're working right now or, you know, whatever it is you're doing right now, but you're doing it because you love God, you know, and, but this will cause envy. You know, you may be sitting here tonight watching this Bible study and but what are you doing? Why are you, you know, why are you sitting there watching that, you know, or why are you going to church or why are you doing this and all of that? It's, it can cause so many different responses, but see, it won't affect you. It will. I mean, of course we're human, but when you know why you do it and the one to whom you do it to, you'll recognize, you know what? I, this will come because I love God because God loves me. And I put here, this will cause envy because of your joy. And again, some may feel threatened, some will mock, some won't even be interested. Some will just like, whatever, that's you, do your thing, you know? And that's why it has to be God and only about him. It has to always be God, about God. So I wrote here, everything was done publicly so the people could see and make their own decisions with an intent that what is seen would cause the decision. Now, all that was done as the apostles were working and everything and Jesus worked, this was all done publicly. It was for those to see and therefore they were able to make up their mind. Jesus didn't force anybody to follow him. Jesus didn't force anybody to listen to him. The apostles weren't demanding and telling them you need to know they were doing what they were called and commissioned to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. But still the people had a choice, but yet all this was done that the people were still able to make a decision. Is this of God or is it not of God? And it was all done so that others can make that decision. But this was not done for man's glory. The apostles weren't out there saying, hey, look, you know, hey, look at me, man. I'm Peter, man. I'm John. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, give me another disciple's name. Let the, uh, <laughs> James, I'm, you know, Matthew. I'm Matthew. You know, I'm, I'm these, you know, different, uh, well, Luke wasn't a disciple, but he was, yeah. he wrote one of the portion of it. But, uh, you know, Bartimaeus, you know, Bartimaeus, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I got to remember Bartholomew, you know, all these different, you know, different names, you know, it's like, we look at all these these people, but it wasn't about them. It was about God. It was about Jesus. And I put here, Jesus did not teach us to do so for our own glory. He says, do it unto me and I will reveal my glory. Do it unto me and I will reveal my glory. Ooh. Hmm. There's a reason. There is a reason why when we do it unto him and do it for his glory, because he will reveal his glory through it. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. Let's going to read that right now. Amen. Also, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray publicly, standing in the synagogues and in the corners and the streets, that they may be seen by men. I assure you, I most solemnly say to you, they already have the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your most private room, 
close the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. See, he teaches them, he says, don't be like the hypocrites who pray these lengthy prayers in public so all can see. Don't do this for the recognition of people, but go in secret, go into that place and seek me, do it unto me, and then let his glory be revealed. He says, let him exalt you in due time. Let him display his glory in you. So this is what is being taught. They're, we're seeing this being done through the apostles. They're not doing this for their own glory. They're doing this for the glory of God. But in there's a response that is gonna, that's putting them in jail publicly. But look at something that was done. But see, when Jesus does things publicly, there's a reason and a purpose for it. See, they put Jesus on the cross <clears throat> publicly to make an example of him. They're arresting the apostles here to make an example of them. Oh, we arrest them. There's going to cause fear in the other people. We hang Jesus on the cross. This is going to put an example. And, and don't get me wrong. Rome did this as anyways as an example. You do something, this can be you. Well, they wanted him crucified, so therefore they can be an example. You follow this man? You, you follow this? What, is, what he's teaching you? This will be you. This is what this leads to. <laughs> Imagine that. You want to do this? This is where it leads, the cross. But see, they had their own intentions. They had their own reasons, done out of jealousy, done out of whatever, all these different reasons. But what they didn't realize was God was still in control. And this was God's plan. And this was God's purpose. The apostles going to jail is God's plan, God's purpose. And God is still in control. No matter what you're going through today, no matter what responses we go through today, God's plan, God's purpose. Because in Colossians 2.15, it says, in this way, referring to the cross, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, what was meant to be an example to those that would follow him ended up being an example to them because they didn't realize that, no, this is the example. Yes, this is where I want them to be led. I want them to be led to the cross because you try to make me an example on this cross, but I'm making you an example. And not only that, I am showing the world that this is the power of God, the cross, the death of Christ for our sins. And not only that, there would be even a greater example done publicly, and that was the resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. So what was meant to look like, oh my, man, what is going on? But the glory of God was revealed because Jesus knew that my father is in control. My father reigns. And because of that, the glory of God was displayed in his life. And he rose again on the third day. How much more now the disciples as we just, we just were seeing here, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. John 15, 20, as Brother Santos put up there, great scripture, brother, as Sister um, Rosalind put up, to just be a vessel. 
Because if Jesus did it, then we must know we must also do it as well. Because we're not greater than our master. We belong to the master and how much more us, but it's recognizing, but yet God, you're in control. But we recognize these things are done in jealousy or they're done because of fear or they're done because of feeling intimidated or or feeling threatened or feeling, well, what's going to happen with these Christians, with these people, you know, and we see all these different things. And I'm not saying we, we don't use wisdom. I'm not saying we we do everything we do unto the Lord in reverence of God. But it's all that the glory of God will be seen because we recognize no matter what's done or what's said. Yeah, maybe man has its public way of, well, I'm going to prove this wrong and I'm going to do this. But we know God is in control. God will always prove otherwise as he did on that cross. Because he proved publicly that he is the Christ, the Messiah. And that we have the forgiveness of sins today because of that cross. So I thank God that, yes, I can come to that cross. And yes, that's the man I follow. That's where I'm, yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. Because that's where I die in the flesh. That's where I died of that sin. That's where the price was paid for me and that blood was shed. Oh, hallelujah. The glory of God. Because it was done unto the Father. Because as we read before, Jesus did it because of the love of the Father. Because he loved the Father. We do it because we love the Father. We love Jesus. The apostles did it because they love the Father. They love Jesus. And their response, they're, they're going on, and they have to just go along with this response. A footnote here said religious leaders demanded respect, but they demanded respect for themselves. The goal of the apostles was respect and reverence towards God. It wasn't about themselves. It was a respect and reverence towards God. But look at this part. I love this. They were shown respect, not because they demanded it, but because their actions deserved it. Hmm. We see a difference here in two, two different people, the apostles and the religious leaders. The apostles said, no, 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 we're disciples, we're, we're apostles of Jesus, man. You can't arrest us. <laughs> but whatever they did, they did unto the Lord. What drove them? The love of God and the love for God's people. The love for people that they would come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> they walked with this man for three and a half years. They walked away from this man, they, you know, betrayal. But yet Jesus forgave them. And not only that, filled them with the Holy Spirit and kept his promise to them. That's amazing. And that's what we're required to do. But it all has to be because of the love of God. And when that happens, then no matter what happens, no matter what the response or the reactions are. Remember, many times these responses or reactions are coming from a guilty conscience. It's as someone, you know, it's as a man accusing the wife or the woman or accusing them and you're cheating on me and this and that, but reality of it is many times it's because of that person, they themselves are the cheater or that thief or that 
liar. <laughs> it's many times because it's a guilty conscience within ourselves that we accuse. It's the guilty conscience within someone that, and many times it's that guilty conscience as we ourselves had before the forgiveness of Jesus Christ that would cause us to do these things, to come against, to speak against. And sometimes today we may be dealing with some guilty consciences that the Lord is still healing us from. The Lord is still helping us to overcome but because of that, our responses and our reactions are not always that great. We're not here to point fingers. We're here to see even our own selves in the leaders. But we also want to learn how to see ourselves in Christ and how the apostles were coming to learn. And we'll, not, we'll see the apostles were not perfect. They had many areas the Lord was still working in. But we recognize it's to be done unto the Lord and what is done many times is because of that guilty conscience. The Bible says we were condemned already. We were already guilty. Convic you know, we were condemned already because we were born into a sinful nature, each one of us. But because we chose to acknowledge, and many today choose to acknowledge, I need a Savior. That's where the joy, that's where God's mercy and grace comes in. And it's just such an amazing thing because it's like, man, Lord, thank you for loving me. And all that we do, we recognize is done in that great love. Because we recognize there's a goal and there's a purpose and there's a plan. There's always a goal and a purpose and a plan. Well, what is it? Well, it's God's goal, purpose, and plan. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's all about the Lord. It's all about Jesus. Because now as we go into, as we you know, get to the rest of the scriptures here in verse uh, 19. He says here, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. I'm going to stop right there real quick. Wow. <laughs> so because they didn't fight it, they didn't come out, well, I'm this, I'm that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for what is right. Don't get me wrong. No, we should stand up for what is right. We should have a voice. We should speak. You know, don't, I'm not saying that we just, you know, completely give it. No. But because they understood, but God is in control of this. Look at the glory of God. God came and sent an angel to come and open up these prison doors. And not only that, but brought them out. How many of us know that when we have a heart to glorify God, God will always make a way of an escape? Yeah. Because he is the way out. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that will always make a way because he makes provision. He makes provision in everything when we just submit ourselves unto the Lord, submit ourselves unto God and say, Lord, I'm here to serve you, Lord God. Here, Lord, I'm here to worship you, Lord God, and God can make a way. And right here we say that he, see that he makes a way. And I put here, it wasn't for their own glory, but for his glory. Because he was showing these are my children to continue to do what he called and purposed us to do. So if God has called you to do something, God is telling you and, and giving you those words. And you know what? God is also going to provide everything to do to bring about those words. Now, will he make a way of escape every time? No. Paul was in prison. 
As we read next week, we're going to see a little bit of a difference. But you still trust the Lord. And right here we see the glory of God. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a miracle. This is great. I mean, an angel. It doesn't say the angel of the Lord as it does the Old Testament. The Old Testament refers to Jesus as the angel of the Lord. But this is an angel of the Lord. And this is an angel that was sent. And it says a messenger, one who was sent. So in the Old Testament, it was the angel of the Lord. This says an angel of the Lord came to them. But not only did he come to them, but he gave them a purpose, a message from God, a message from the Lord. Not only did he just open the, he didn't just open up the doors of the prison, bring them out and say, hey, well, go do your thing, man. Go live, you know, go do this. No. He says, I'm opening this up for you. I'm bringing you out. But I'm also giving you instruction of what to do. He says, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Go and continue what you have been called to do. Go and continue to do what caused you to be here in the first place. But I want you to continue to keep doing that. Because all this is about is to bring the words of life. And right there when it says the words of this life is referring to the rhema word, which is or has been uttered by the living voice, the spoken word of God. How many of us know that the spoken word of God is powerful? In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> I wrote here, they were obedient. But this obedience would lead to suffering. And that's why it's so important that whatever we do, we have to do it unto the Lord. But they did it with the confidence of knowing who their God is and who Jesus is. And they experienced his presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that they would still have that confidence to speak out for him. It was a relationship with Christ, imagine, to still have that boldness and confidence. See, no matter what we're going through today and we will continue to go through and face as a body of Christ and all these different things, you know, as a world, I believe that the Lord is definitely, you know, through our relationship with him, teaching us the boldness and confidence of Christ. It reminds me of our scripture here where it says they saw the boldness and the confidence of these apostles because they had been with Jesus. It wasn't because of the boldness and confidence because of their education or any of these different things. No, it was because these men had been with Jesus. Let the Lord show his glory through you and me today. Let us be bold and confident in him because we know and have been with Jesus. Because when we've been with Jesus, <laughs> then we know who our God is and we know who we belong to. We know who is in control. And we know the greater one that lives in us, who leads us and guides us. 
And he that lives in us is greater than he that lives in the world. It's not by mind nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. It all starts with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's what it's all about. But in that, you get to see the glory of God, this miraculous thing that is done. See, when you do and we do what God has called us to do and we trust him and, and, and desire him and seek his love, this is what we see done. We see the miracles of God. We see God's hand in it. Will it always come the way we expect it? No. <laughs> we see that many times. Many would have thought that cross, they thought that's the end. It wasn't the end. It was a new beginning. It was a new covenant, a newness of life. And the whole purpose and the goal of this was to bring those words of life. To bring the words of life, the gospel of Jesus. Let's look at John chapter 6, verse 63. The apostles learned this. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. The words I have spoken to are spirit and life, providing eternal life. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words that I have spoken to your spirit in their life. He told this to the apostles and to the disciples that were following him that day. And look at verse 67 and 69. These are these apostles at that point disciples. But look what they say in verse 67 through 69. So Jesus said to the 12, the disciples, do you not want, sorry, do you do not want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, no, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. We have believed and confidently trusted. And even more, we have come to know by personal observation and experience that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Imagine how important that is. They say, you have the words of life. And now right here, this angel is telling them to go and share the words of life. This is what this is about today. This Bible study here today is the word of life. We are hearing the word of life. Jesus, the one who gives life. This word gives me and you life today because his word is alive. And not only that, it gives me and you eternal life in him. This is what was important. It was that the word of life would still continue to go forth. The gospel of Jesus Christ to what they were called to do. And this was important. I heard a, a minister say the other day, you know, that are we bringing the word of God as if it was our last message to ever bring? Something I thought about the other day is like, wow, Lord, are we living as you know, imagine this living our life as if we only had three and a half years of knowing the Lord, of ministry, of serving you, Lord. 
are we serving you in such a way as if we only had three and a half years or 33 and a half years? Jesus lived 33 and a half years in this world. We read about the ministry of Jesus for three and a half years. The disciples followed Jesus for those three and a half years. Do we have that same drive to continue to do the work of the Lord as if we didn't have tomorrow? As if we didn't have later on tonight or the next year, not to say we won't, but are we living our lives in that sense to say with such a heart, such a purpose, such a drive because of the love of God to say, Lord, I want to serve you because of your great love. As if I didn't have tomorrow. And however way, whether it's bringing forth the word of God, sharing with somebody, loving someone, encouraging someone, or just however the Lord uses me and you today. But are we willing to do it in such a sense that no matter what the responses, reactions, but are we willing to do it in such a sense to say, I'm going to do it all the way to the finish. Because it's the word of life and it's important. Your work unto the Lord is very important because through your life, the word of life is seen and shown through your life and the glory of God is shown in your life. You are important to the kingdom of God. You are important to the people of God. You are important to the body of Christ, the church of God. You are important to this world out here. You're important to your family members. You're important to your spouse, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren, to your nieces, to your nephews, to your coworkers, to your friends, to all those around you, to your neighbors. You are an important man, woman of God today. Because you have the word of life and the word of life has saved you. The word of life has saved me. And I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for these apostles. I thank God for all the men and women of God that have continued to fight the good fight of faith and went home and are now in the presence of the Lord. But they live life continuing to bring about the words of life so I can have life, so you can have life, so many can have life today, knowing that there is life life in the word of God and that there is life in Jesus today. That is how important it is, not because of, of, of our importance necessarily, but the importance of God being known and glorified through me and you. But we are important to God because we were so important that he died for me and you. He gave life to me and you. He restored me and you. He is, and salvation is available to all who put their faith in Christ today. You are in very, very important today. And let me encourage you, thank God for that purpose. I thank God for the purpose of God on my wife's life. I thank God for the purpose of, of God in the plan of God on my family's life, on my children's life. I thank God for the plan and purpose over your life today and over the lives of all those around us, over the lives of our neighbors all around us here, in the lives of your neighbors, in the lives of our co-workers. I thank God today for that because there is life in his word today.
And this was so important that the word of God continue to go forth. We do this and continue to bring forth the word of God because I realize that the word of God is very important today, that there is life in the word of God today. So whether we have to bring it through a live stream, whether we bring it through a recording, whether we preach it on the street corner, whether we preach it by ourselves and declare the word of God in our homes, in our vehicles, wherever it is, but when we know that the word of God is alive, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, judging the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart, for nothing in all creation is hidden from his sight, but everything is open and laid bare before him to whom we must give account to. Praise the Lord. I will continue to bring the word of God. We will continue to declare the word of God. We will continue to believe the word of God. We will continue to stand on the word of God. We will continue to believe and know that the word of God is alive and his name is Jesus. We together will continue to declare it no matter what platform is Oh, praise the Lord today that we can continue to bring the word of God today. So whether the house of God is full, whether there's one person or not, but if it's just for that one, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank the Lord tonight. Thank the Lord that he saved you. Thank the Lord that his glory is being seen in you. Thank the Lord God that no matter what responses, no matter what must come against, no matter what oppositions, no matter what may be going on in your body and in your mind and in your life and in our world today, but thank God today that he loves me and you so much, that he loves this world so much, and that today because of that great love, we can love him and we can love his people and we can serve him because of that great love today. Oh, praise the Lord. There's nothing like the people of God and the people of God who know who their God is today. That no matter what happens, we can know, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what is going on, I know who I belong to. I know who my God is, and I know that my God is in control. Yes, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank God for the word of the Lord this night. Thank you, Jesus. Because you are a blessing. So no matter what goes on, you continue to stay focused on the Lord and you watch and continue to watch as the Lord continues to show and display his glory and the lives of his people, but all to bring him glory. Because that's what we do it for. We do it for the glory of God because of the love of God. And let that love of God drive me and you. Let that be our drive every day. Let that be our goal every day. Let that be our desire in our heart every day to say, Lord God, I choose again to praise you. I choose again to glorify you. I choose again to worship you. I choose again to believe in you. I choose again to trust you, Lord God. I'm choosing to wait on you, Lord God. I'm choosing to walk in the boldness and the confidence of knowing who my God is. So no matter how I feel today, but Lord, I know who my Lord is. I know the name above all names. I know to who the one that name belongs to today. And I know that there is power in the name of Jesus today. 
And no matter what happens, thank you, Jesus. No matter what has gone on, thank you, Jesus. No matter what the response is, is I get it. Thank you, Jesus. And we could have peace through the storm. And it says, now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the priest to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look. The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. So imagine this. The temple was a very busy place at daybreak. And I love this. It's, it, this could have been like seen as a scene. I, I was thinking about this as I was studying this. This could have been a scene like at the OK Corral and Tombstone. Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, and they're all coming. It's gonna be this great out. This is gonna be this great confrontation, just like every movie, the Avenger movies, and all. There's always that scene. It's like, oh yeah, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna get great right now, and uh, and it's just amazing. And it's like this is like one of those scenes, man. Is this gonna be one of them scenes? Is this wow? You know, everybody's there. It's daybreak. It's packed. They're supposed to be in jail. They're out here bringing the message of God. And they're like, wait a minute. These guys are, oh, so everybody's coming in. And they're like, what is going on here? We, we got these men locked up. What is going on here? But instead of that happening, it's <laughs> not what happened. You know, it's like, oh, man, that, that's what happened, man. That, what happened to the shootout, the OK Corral? It didn't, didn't, didn't take place the way I thought it was going to happen here. But there's a reason why, because it says, then, they, then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. For they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Let these going to read Mark chapter 12, verse 10 to 12. Jesus had a similar area here. Have you not even read the scripture? The stone which the builders regarded as unworthy and rejected. This very stone has become the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is to mar and it is marvelous and wonderful in our eyes. And then they were looking for a way to seize him, but they were afraid of the crowd, for they knew that he spoke this parable in reference to and as a charge against them. And so they left him and went away. See, what's amazing here is they were afraid of the people. See, even though they came with jealousy, even though they responded the way they did, but see, God was working in the people. The people were seeing these men are, the, are men of God. They saw Jesus. This is the son of God. This is a man of God. The blind man says, whether this man is a sinner, or I know not. All I know is that he, he healed me. I was blind and now I could see. There was no denying the work that Christ was doing, that God was doing through the, to Christ, to the apostles. 
So knowing who their God is, when you know who your God is, that'll change people's lives. People will be drawn to that. You might have to go through some stuff, some rejection and, you know, whatever it is. When the Bible talks about persecution, you know, and we do, you know, that goes on in our world today, many different things. But when you know who your God is and why you do what you do and why you believe what you believe, people will be blessed and encouraged because of that boldness and confidence of knowing who your God is. And in that, that will bring great fear, not against you. Yeah, they were afraid of the people, but that was God's response in those people because this was a response to God, recognizing these men are holy men. So therefore, they didn't come by force. There was no okay corral shootout. They were afraid. They're like, oh man, this is, we're going to start a riot here. Let's just ease these guys in and we'll talk to them publicly. Come on, guys. Here, here we go. Come on. Put your friends. Probably trying to kick them when I was looking. But they were afraid of the reaction now and the response of the people. The public part. The public part. What they meant to intimidate the public, arresting them in public, putting them in a public prison, a jail. Now we see the turnaround that what was done in public was now brought about by the glory of God. God was glorified in this to a place where the fear of God was there. They were afraid of the people, but that was a fear of God because it was the reverence of the apostles and the fear of God that they saw through these men. We talked about earlier, these men didn't demand respect or reverence. They were causing the people to have respect and reverence unto God, but they reverenced and respected those men of God because of the works that they did to bring glory to God. And that brought fear in those leaders around them. Imagine us as a church, as a body of Christ, that could come together and reverence each other and respect and fear of God. The lives that would be changed, the boldness and the confidence of a church and a body of Christ who knows who their God is. And that no matter what happens, changes, different things, we'll know, but God, I know you're in control. And we know that you're going to make things right. You're going to bring everything to order and you're in control. And they were afraid of now the response of these people. That's amazing. Yeah. So never think if you know, what you go through, all these different things, people are seeing me, you know, this and that, I'm supposed to be a Christian, this, you know what? Our lives don't belong to ourselves. They belong to God. But you know who your God is? Amen, praise the Lord. Keep getting to know him. Do all that you do unto him. Do it with the love that he has for you. And then we get to learn a little bit more about his love even more and we grow to love him more. Mm -hmm. And in that he teaches how to love one another and to love even those that are unlovable. <laughs> because it's all for his glory. And then you realize that we have the majority on our side. It's like that 
that servant with Elisha, when Elisha says, open this man's eyes so he can see there's more for us than against us. And that's when you realize, man, I got the God of heaven's armies on my side. I got the Lord of hosts on my side. Not just on my side, I belong to the Lord of hosts. So the Lord's going to take care of his people. Amen? Amen. Any thoughts, Letty? Any? Yeah, I was thinking about the, the keys. It's love and loving God and knowing God. And what we do, we do it unto the Lord. That's the example that I see in today's teaching, that the examples the apostles were leading were as they were led by the Spirit is to lead by example and fear the Lord. They did it for his love. I saw the difference between the leaders and the governor, the Senate, and all that. Those, even in Jesus' time, it was the same group of people, those who believed in Jesus and those who hated him. And they both knew of him, but some knew him and they walked with him and they believed in him, in him versus they did it for the love of God and not for themselves. So what we do, we do it for the love that we have for God. Because what we do, the word says in Colossians 3.23, what we do, we do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord, not for men, for we know who our reward comes from. And that's just not monetary compensation. That is the life, the eternal life that, that we're expecting, that we're blessed to experience and live, that what we do, we do it to the Lord. Amen. Because that's what we glorify. Yeah. And, you know, it's especially in these times right now, you know, we've had to make a lot of adjustments, changes, and, you know, and, and everybody's had to do it as well. You know, but one of the things we can do is that we could be the people of God that fear our God, to fear the Lord and know who our God is. And in that trust in the Lord that he will make decisions and changes just for his body, for his church, for his people, because he's, he's, he's God. He's our God. And that no matter what we go through, he's in control, you know, and imagine that. I mean, to see, you know, you look back in history and all these different things and, Christians were persecuted and killed, and it still happens today. You know, many are in jail, locked up because of the gospel and different things like that. And we look at these things, and it's just like, wow, Lord. But yet, when people could see a people that are willing to go through such great lengths to say, nope, I know who my God is, that changes the people's opinions and hearts to say, wow, that brother, that, that guy right there, that my coworker, man, I see how much that person has gone through. My my uncle, my aunt, my dad, my mom, the, I see how much they go through, but they still go to church. They still read their Bible. They still pray. They still, you know, they're still, after all these years, man, it's like, what? Jesus. It's the faith in Jesus. You know, no matter how much we've made fun of them or this and that, you just never know. But when you know who your God is, man, it's just an amazing thing. And where that's, we're all growing and learning in this. And this is just what God is, you know, again, it's, we need his Holy Spirit. We need him to continue to teach us and guide us. And, but you know, that'll, that'll definitely bring some fear. That'll definitely change some things. That'll definitely, you know, you know, but there'll be some crazy responses and stuff like that. But when you can have the, the, the sermon of Christ, spirit of God, then we see things a little bit differently. It doesn't, it affects us, you know, but it affects us in a way that we're able to see things the way he sees them. And therefore we can have peace with it. Not that we like it and not that we always want it that way, but we can trust him through it. And so let me just, let us encourage you tonight as we're all here today. Just let us continue to trust the Lord together. Let us continue to know that Lord, we're doing all this and we're serving you and we're continuing to trust you because of your great love for us. 
and because we love you, Lord. And you know what? Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. You're doing, and you know you're just so faithful and so good. And I just want to let we just want to let you guys know that we love you guys. We appreciate all of you, and uh, we're just really looking. We're just so thankful of God for all that He's doing in each and every one of your lives. And um, you guys are such a blessing to the body of Christ. And uh, you know, and, and we know that there's many more that God is still calling in these days and saving. And you know, we know that there's some that, oh God, you got such a call in that person's life. Why don't why don't they come? Why don't they come? Or why won't they? You know, they just don't. As we read earlier, they don't seem interested. You know, that's okay. Don't don't worry about that. You continue to do, and we continue to do what God has called us to do. Let's live our lives serving the Lord. Let's live our lives trusting Him. And let's trust God to make those changes. And no matter what those responses are, you know what? Just know that God will make himself known. Not that we're looking, hey, Lord, make me. No, no, no. Remember, that's not the heart. Our heart is to say, Lord, to your name be the glory. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and you guys are all a blessing to us, too. And we're just so blessed to be uh, together as a church, as a body of Christ. And I just thank God every day that, you know what, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be able to share your word and to teach us that you you take the time to teach us, Lord. And, and uh, you know what, and, and you guys have so much to give as well. And you know what, just, you know, it's just such a blessing, you know. So we love all of you guys. And uh, you know what, let's continue to, to trust the Lord together and, and know that he's in control. Amen. Persevere through it all. Amen. And, and uh, you know, it's just amazing.